I just got off the phone with Dave from Dallas, Texas. Dave had called me uh, maybe six months ago, I don't recall exactly when, and told me that the stock market was going to crash. And I said, no, Dave, that isn't going to happen. The, the federal government is just pumping so much money into this market that it's, it's going to stay afloat because liquidity is, is the issue. As long as you've got liquidity, the, the, the money has to find a place to go. And as long as it has a place to go, it's going to go to the stock market. And then uh, he said, yeah, but I just watched your video today, and now you're coming around to my way of thinking. And I said, yeah, I, I am, because I learned something. I learned that we're going to have another subprime crisis. It's not really a subprime crisis, but it's, it's another banking and, and debt crisis. Our debt, our world's debt, is just astronomical. And, and I'll show you on one of my charts exactly how that came to pass. And, and then I think the other thing that, that come to realization is that the largest growth market in the world and, and the fastest probably growth market in the history of mankind is in trouble. And that's China. Uh, they have, they have what what has happened to China in the last twenty years took about a hundred years of evolution of the uh, economies of the free world in the past, and so it has just rushed at them, and it's the wild west over there, um, and they're now trying to bring it under control. And the biggest element of it is real estate. And as a result of that, they're going to have what would be comparable to what happened in the United States in uh, 08, they're going to have a real estate crisis. They, they have several large developers that have used debt to provide the housing from the millions of people that are moving off of the farms into the cities to provide you with the things you need, your cell phones and your semiconductors and, and your toys and, 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 and your Xboxes. You need these things and they manufacture them and they got the cheap labor and they're bringing it into the city, but those people needed houses and so, the houses were built, and then all of a sudden we had the coronavirus, and the people can't pay for the houses, and these developers are overextended, and the economy is imploding. Now, a lot of people are saying, well, that's a China problem. That's, that's not our problem. Well. It is our problem. This is the largest growth engine in the history of mankind that's coming to a screeching stop. I just read an article recently that last year, uh, General Motors sold three million cars in China. They made more money with the cars that they sold in the United States, but they sold more cars in China than they did. That's going to come to a stop. Um, we have the supply chain broken in that the people of China haven't worked for 18 months, or at least not up to par, and so therefore they aren't 
going, we aren't going to have the goods that we need to buy to keep them afloat. We, we, in today's Wall Street Journal, they're talking about the uh, backup of merchandise coming across the sea, and we aren't going to get it for Christmas. If we can't buy it, they can't get paid for it, and therefore their economy is going to slow down. Now, I think it's important to bring it all into an easily understandable picture. I'm a very picture-oriented, visually-oriented person. So I create a chart um, through uh, one of my suppliers. What is it? Uh, Chartviews.com. You'll find a link to them in, in the description. And tradingviews.com. Um, and I can look at history and say, okay, this is how we got here. And this is where we're going. And this is probably what's going to happen. So I want to share that trading views chart with you. And I'll do that right after I disclose that I'm not your financial advisor. Best of Us Investors presents Kerry Griegmeier. We're all trying to figure out what the stock market's going to do the next and where we should put our money. I rely on history and I rely on future vision. I'm an investor base. I say I'm a, a, a long-term investor. And I think what I really mean by that is I'm interested in what's going to happen in the future and how I can position myself to take advantage of it. But I think it's also to understand the operation of the stock market, it's important to understand past history. One of the first things I'd recommend anybody does is read uh, Peter Zeon's The Accidental Superpower. There is a link to it in the description below. But I also use this chart, uh, and I've just recently expanded the chart. I decided I need to take it back to when I was born and see if I can fill in and, and gain some knowledge from it. So I was born in 1944, and the big event in uh, 1944 was the meeting of the Allies in Bretton Woods, uh, New Hampshire, to basically say, relative to World War II, this can never happen again. And, uh, and I, I wanted to show, and as you see on this chart, our national debt in 1945 amounted to $251 billion. And it pretty well stayed pretty flat until 1955, we entered into the Vietnam War. And in essence, in, the, in those uh, 20 years between 55 and 75, we spent, just to support the war, $120 billion. And that is roughly half of what our whole national debt was in the preceding 200 years. We spent $120 billion. Now, in order to do that, we were on the gold standard. Nixon had to take us off of the gold standard in 1971 to finance the finish of the, the Vietnam War. And that's when the printing presses started running. 
And as you can see, we finished 1975 with a debt of $533 billion. We had doubled our debt, more than doubled our debt in that uh, 30 years. Then that takes us into all the way up to 1990. And you see now we have moved out of the billions into the trillions and up to 2000 when uh, we're up to $4 trillion. Just try to absorb that from 251 billion in 45 to, um, to 4 trillion in 2000. And you can see the stock market just kind of chopped along, but as the amount of debt that grew, so grew the pace of what this is, the S&P 500. And as we went from uh, 3.2 trillion in 1990 to 4 trillion, uh, and the introduction of the dot-com era, the digital revolution, you can see the stock market really rallied. And then we had the dot-com bubble, which was basically the over-exuberance from this new discovery, the digital revolution, and we had a substantial dive in the market. In the middle of that dive, we had 9-11, okay? But what it was interesting to me is it, it, I drew this line across, and it took eight years to recover from the, uh, the dot-com bubble. And in that eight-year period, we went into the e-commerce area, and uh, we, we got to a height again in uh, roughly October of um, January of eight, and we took another dive. And um, that was the subprime crisis, what a lot of people refer to as the uh, real estate uh, crash. I call it more the banking stupidity. Um, and, and, and the enormous amount of debt that the banks took on and then couldn't make the credit payments. And we had the Lehman Brothers failure, the Beryl Stearns, the AGI. And we had, again, about a 50% 50 50 drop in the value of the uh, S&P. Now, that took five years to recover. At the same time, and I believe why it only took five years to recover, is we started pumping more money into the economy. As a result of not being on the gold standard, we could print as much money as we went, as we want, and went in from 08 to um, 18, we printed $10 trillion, roughly a trillion dollars of additional debt was taken on, a trillion dollars of new money came into the market every year between 08 and 18. And look what that did to the trajectory of the uh, S&P, okay? And we were chugging along and continuing to spend a trillion dollars or print a trillion dollars a year to 20 when we stepped into or we were emailed the uh, coronavirus from Wunan, China. I want to reflect to you that though when that happened, if, for those of you who remember, 
there was a lot of statements saying, well, that isn't going to affect us. That's a China problem. That's their problem. And then shortly after that, it was explained to us that some people got on a plane from Wunan, China, and went to Beijing and flew to Seattle. And it showed up in Seattle. Well, that's a small problem in Seattle. That isn't going to affect us. Well, it did. And our market crashed. And But the interesting thing is, look at this. It took six months to recover, to get back. And then look what happened. It took off. It, it almost went straight up. This is a span of 18 months. 18 months. And in those 18 months, we spent $8 trillion. Now, remember, we were spending a trillion a month. Or no, a trillion a year. Now, we spent $8 trillion in 18 months. And Joe is scheduled to spend, I think it's up now to another $4.5 trillion uh, in his packages. The question is, will he get it done? Now what troubles me is this, the China real estate bubble. Just as back here in the subprime crisis, when the banks were taking on all kinds of bad debt and spreading it across our economy, it resulted in a 50% drop in our market. What's changed since then is China has become the biggest growth market in the world. As they are moving their 1.4 trillion pe billion people from the country to the city, they're having to produce homes for them. And the Chinese like real estate much more than they like uh, the stock market. And thus, they have, uh, these developers have uh, generated enormous debt, such debt that the president of China and the regulatory ch uh, divisions of China of saying, you're putting our country in jeopardy, and they're limiting the amount of debt that they can have. So this uh, Evergrande is actually trying to sell some of its real estate off to the bondholders, and in some cases to the employees, to raise money to stay afloat. Well, now, why is it they aren't afloat? Well, from roughly 2010 through 2019, every building that they built, they pre-sold. That there was such a demand because so many people were moving in to work in the factories to produce goods for the United States and Europe. They became the manufacturing center of the world. Well, that stopped with the coronavirus. They couldn't work. So the supply chain became broken. The people weren't working. They stopped buying, and Evergrande uh, or Evergrande finds themselves with their back against the wall and the government not willing to step in. Now, just this morning, I am told that another developer by the name of Sun Ak, S-U-N-A-C, China Holdings, 
Another major developer is facing the same situation. In fact, their billionaire major investor is liquidating his holdings. So I'm sitting at that and saying, this is the history of the stock market, and this is how it's reacted. What can I learn from the past? And that's what I want to talk about a little bit more. So I see, in the looking into the future, three elements. Two of them are, are very evident. We're going to have a China real estate bubble. We've got a Delta variant. And the coronavirus and the Delta variant has created a recognition that our healthcare system is broken. And as a result of finding a vaccine as quickly as we had, it's going to change. And that's where I want my money invested in the future. But I recognize we're about to go through some tough times. As in one of my retirement videos, I said, we've got a very cold winter in front of us. And that is going to be stimulated from the China real estate bubble. And let me explain to you after we leave the chart here, how that's gonna to come together. So that's the picture that I've drawn for myself to help me better understand what I think is going to happen. And, and granted, like I said to Dave, six months ago, I didn't see this. And yeah, like some of you say, I waffle. Yeah, I do. I hope to God I waffle that when I learn something, that I can connect to the past that gives me a vision into the future, that I change my mind and I change what I'm doing. I have moved $200,000 out of this market, which represents about 20% of my YouTube portfolio, to put it on the side to take advantage of the dip, the crash, the pullback, whatever you want to call it, I don't know how big it will be, uh, but when I see it's enough for me, I'll buy back in. And I'll buy back into those stocks that uh, I sold because I sold basically my, my big six, my Amazon, Google, Microsoft, Facebook, and Tesla, and Apple. Um, I'll buy right back into them because I think they will catch the brunt of the blow, okay? I still own half of what I had invested in them, so now I have to make the decision, is my conviction strong enough that I'll sell more? I look at them and I say, Facebook and Google don't really have any exposure in China. The Chinese aren't going to stop advertising on Google or buying goods from Google. Uh, Amazon doesn't have a big exposure in China, although the goods that they get that they want to sell are from China. But Tesla does. And, and I still got quite a bit of Tesla. So I'm troubled with and I'd like your advice on, should I get out of Tesla now? Should I get totally out of it? Uh, I won't get totally out of Google and Facebook and Apple 
and Microsoft um, and Amazon, but I might get totally out of Tesla. I'd like your input. So go into the description and say, and tell me, based upon what I've shared with you now, are you going to get totally out of Tesla? Because if the Chinese are not able to buy Cadillacs and Nike shoes because their real estate market has crashed, are they going to buy Teslas? Are they going to buy any new cars? Are they going to buy anything? Or are they going to do just what we did when we had our subprime crisis? We just pulled back. We closed down the credit card. We closed down the purchases. And that took, what was it? I showed you on the graph. It took, I think, eight years to recover from it. No, that was the dot-com bubble. It took five years. I don't think this will take five years. I think there will be a realignment. Uh, I think the Chinese government will take care of its people. I'm not so sure it's going to take care of its developers and its foreign investors, but I think it'll take care of its people at some level, much as we took care of our people in the pandemic. But again, I want to emphasize to so many of you who are saying, this is a China problem. This isn't going to come our way. You're the same people who said the virus was a China problem and we would keep it under control and it wouldn't harm us. It, that, that would be something that happened over there. That isn't right. And if you'll notice, we aren't through with that problem yet. Yeah, the stock market has recovered, but we're not through with that, that problem yet. This virus has killed more people than the Vietnam War did. Um, and that was our last 20-year war. So this is an issue, and these are major issues. And then you've got the political end of it is, is Joe going to get the money to throw more liquidity into the market? And is the Fed going to stop their stimulus program by buying bonds and, and treasuries? And that that just keeps adding up to this could be the coldest winter that we've experienced in quite some time. So share your thoughts. If you want to get deeper into it, come to Best of Us Investors and find a link there to our Discord where we gather together on a regular basis and, and share our ideas. Uh, and like Dave gave me a call. Thank you, Dave. Um, you were right on this one. I was right on this one. It's all about timing. All right. Talk to you again tomorrow.